0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, challenge and adversity are meant to help you know who you are. Storms hit your weakness, but unlock your true strength. back to a brand new episode of this is game boy lights episode 35 of our uh, lights um yeah our numbering is a little bit weird at the moment because of uh, the few complete full episodes we did back to back uh, due to some Real life things we had to take care of. But now we're back to our regular schedule. So, um, next up is, of course, another full episode. Did I say another? Wow, nobody has ever uh, <laughs> pronounced that word like I just did. I am not, of course, talking about the animal. I was just saying another. Alright, anyways, before we dive into uh, this light episode, uh, let's see what I have been up to since the last episode. I think I might have uh, mentioned it during uh, our Kid Icarus episode, but I had been controlling uh, control. I had been playing Control, well, I had been controlling play, sure, why not? But yeah, I uh, completed Control, the Ultimate Edition, so that means all the DLC as well. And uh, yeah, that is like... It feels like that game is made personally for me. That's how I felt about that game. I had so much fun with it. It is exactly what I wanted. Uh, Sadly, the PS4 version is a little bit janky here and there, but that didn't uh, get me from keeping on playing it and absolutely loving it. Um, if you have not played Control yet, I would highly recommend it on whatever you have. Uh, best, of course, would be PC, but I've heard that the PS5 version, uh, which is available digitally uh, and physically in March I believe Uh, and I guess the new Xbox uh, will have a new version of Control as well but I highly highly recommend playing that game even if you don't know what it's about uh, just check it out I think uh, everybody should absolutely play this game it's just so so much fun and I'm not gonna spoil anything about it um, but for those of you who don't know it's like set in the same universe as Alan Wake kind of but uh, you only get to that in the later parts of the game, basically. Um, and then now I have started with Ease uh, Nine, Monstrum Nox, the newest Ease game. Um, I'm liking it so far. It's pretty much a continuation of what they did with uh, Eight, Lacrimosa of Dana or Dana. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Basically, the same concept gameplay wise, uh, but with an, of course, new story that goes with it. So far, I liked the characters better from 8, um, but that might change. You never know. Um, I'm, I'm starting to uh, warm up uh, to, to the new characters they introduce in this game but uh, it's an interesting story at least so far Um, i wouldn't say it's super deep or anything but uh, it's a good mystery that's going on so i'm intrigued to see what is actually happening in this game Um, yeah i don't know how long this one is going to take probably around 30 hours i would assume that's normal for a ease game Uh, but There will be a lot of completing to do, of course, like a Nightmare Mode playthrough, which may or may not work with New Game Plus. I have no idea. Uh, It's always hard to check out trophy lists uh, when it comes to new games, especially RPGs, because they take a lot longer for people to get through. But yeah, those were my uh, non-Game Boy games, but uh, I've, of course... Been Busy with Portable Pleasure, my uh, Game Boy System Challenge. Uh, And the games I've played for that are, first off, Lemmings. I actually finished that game. Uh, Played all 100 puzzles. Um, I still do not really like Lemmings, but it was fine. It just suffered from some things that were probably unavoidable on the Game Boy port. Uh, That made some of the levels... uh, How would you say it? Like... Very boring, very um, infuriating at some points because there were like long stages and then if one click went wrong, not because of you but because of how the game is programmed, uh, you would have to sit through everything again. So you do need some patience to get through this game, but uh, most of it was pretty fun. I, I like the puzzles, so uh, there's at least that. And apparently the second Lemmings games on Game Boy is a lot better. Uh, When it comes to those little programming mishaps. So uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that. To see how that one plays out. Uh, I also played Hudson Hawk. Which is of course based on the Bruce Willis movie. From the 80s probably. Maybe uh, the 90s. Uh, It's a fun little weird platformer. Uh, The sprites are kind of adorable. I guess they're like... Tiny sprites of like big people. Uh, I don't know. if I can't explain it. It's not they're not chibi uh, That's not what I mean, but uh, They look like they've been squashed down, but they do still have like a uh a phase that would go on a bigger sprite, uh, you'll have to check it out yourself. Um, It's not a great game or anything, but it's pretty easy to get through. Um, The controls are a little bit janky here and there, especially when it comes to jumping on platforms. But besides that, it plays pretty well and it keeps it interesting with different kinds of levels, even though they're all uh, all just very basic platforming stages. Um, After that, we got into a little sports block, uh, first starting with International Superstar Soccer. Um, I do not really like football or soccer games, um, but International Superstar Soccer on PlayStation 1 is actually the only soccer game I think that is absolutely amazing. Um, Only one of the few that I, I really sat down to play but uh yeah this was the game boy version um it's all right It it at least plays very fluently which is something you can't really say about many of the sports games on game boy Uh, especially the football games just look at the entire fifa series on game boy they're pretty horrible when it comes to that but besides that it's not a very deep game um you can basically do the same thing over and over again um which will not result in you scoring a goal per se, but uh, at least it helps you to prevent from getting goals uh, in your own goal. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't really do much. You, you really just want to... Um, Put on the fouls and then make the opponents tackle you from behind. So they get a yellow or red card, preferably a red card, and then it's like easy going from there. Uh, to get the ending, quote unquote, or ending screen, I guess you have to uh, win the International Cup. Doesn't really matter which team you pick like i picked belgium because i am from belgium which is not the strongest team i think that one is italy but it's easy enough to uh to beat your opponents anyways you just have to really take a look at the team you're setting up because sometimes uh you have to switch out people that are tired but it's a really good system to see uh who can play and who cannot play? So yeah, there you go. That's international superstar soccer. Check it out, but don't expect too much. Uh, and after that, I played Side Pocket, which is of course a billiards game. Uh, you would think it's 9 ball, it's not. You can play 9 ball, that is just like a one-round single-player mode to It's basically the tutorial of the game, Uh, but there is another mode that I forgot the name of, uh, in which you have to get a certain score by playing six or nine ball, but you don't have to follow the rules, really. You get points by by basically pocketing balls in uh, succession to each other, or even uh, in the right order, because course, in uh, in pool, the balls get a number tied to them, and if you do them in the numerical order, you get extra points. Um, and there's some extra points you can get as well by doing some things like that but whatever Uh, anyways after you reach the score you have to do a trick shot and if you uh, manage to do that trick shot you move on to the next level and there's four levels Um, the first part is really easy the second one you have to do a trick shot that took me almost two hours to figure out weirdly enough Um, and looking back at it it's actually not that hard Uh, but I just couldn't figure it out and the other two that I got first try um, but yeah, if you're not familiar with how physics work in billiards, I guess, or in pool, uh, it might take you a while, but I think it's a very easy game. Uh, you don't have to restart the entire game. If you lose your, you just stay in the same, uh, uh, level basically that you're at, uh, so you can keep on trying. And it took me two and a half hours, but if I knew that trick shot, or that very first one way earlier, uh, I would have like finished it maybe in an hour Uh, yeah something like that so so yeah it's it's a pretty easy game i would definitely check it out Um, it's a lot easier than side pocket on nes or genesis or anything like that so uh, yeah this is definitely an easier one and i think the physics of the game work quite well Uh, but you have to know a little bit about how physics work in general (laughs) to know how to play this game uh, up to a certain point but yeah those are the games I played for my system challenge. And with that, uh, I can immediately segue into the topic of this episode, uh, which is actually about system challenges. Uh, I wanted to take some time to talk about these a little bit more in depth because I keep mentioning them, uh, well, my own in this case, uh but uh, and sometimes EBC also mentions uh, his challenge. Uh, but I wanted to take a closer look at what a system challenge is, uh, how I feel about it. Um, keep that in mind by the way that this is uh, this is a very subjective episode for the most part, but I am gonna lay down some uh, some, objective things about them as well. But most of these thoughts are coming from my head and other challengers might think otherwise on certain parts um so you'll have to ask them what their opinion uh, on that is for sure if you want to find out more but this is really coming from how i tackle my system challenge and why i do the system challenge Uh, but i will also dive a little bit into just the general idea of what system challenges are and how people uh people do them and how if you are interested you can maybe uh try to do a system challenge yourself. But yeah, more on that right after this break. Hope you enjoyed that song from power racer um i'm kind of thinking i've already used this song on another episode uh if so um hope you enjoyed that other song that lex picked uh well i don't think i have but maybe i'm just confusing it with something else uh anyways let's dive into uh, the topic of this episode so system challenges um so let's start with the basics what is a between bracket system? challenge. Um, you might have heard the term being used around uh, around the internet or definitely in this podcast and I call it a system challenge. Other people call it a console challenge. Uh, the reason why I say system challenge is uh, first of all because um, for example I'm doing Game Boy. Game Boy is not a console. Game Boy is a handheld. Uh, so a system sounds better in that case Uh, there's also pc which is not a console a pc is a pc so that's another uh, system and there's also people who uh, do multiple things like multiple consoles and pc blah 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 whatever whatever so um, i think system challenge is a better term to use but console challenge is uh, just as fine but yeah what is it concretely um so in order to understand this, you have to know what most content on Twitch is about. Um, like, you have a divide between um, the popular games, as I like to call them, um, which are, of course, still League of Legends, uh, Fortnite, um, whatever <laughs> other type of first-person shooter or... or. Uh, how do you call a Mobile game is popular at this time. Uh, Things like that. That's where actually most views on Twitch will go to. Um, And besides that, you also have just people, of course, playing new games all the time. that's not really a category on its own that's just people playing games in general Uh, but you also have of course uh the retro community and this is where uh, the system challengers uh, are also a part of um the retro community is a very small Don't make that mistake, especially compared to the other part of Twitch. Um, But the retro community is also split up into subdivisions, basically. Um, You have people just playing casually through games they loved when they were a kid. Um, There's definitely a lot of people like that out there on Twitch. Uh, A big part of the community is, of course, the speedrunners. And mostly it will be uh, retro speedruns, of course. There are new... Uh, new game speedruns definitely being done as well. But I'm just talking about uh, the retro community in this case. And yeah, there's there's a lot of retro speedrunning content out there that you can find. Um, but yeah, then you have, of course, the system challengers or the console challengers. And those uh, are the people that actually just pick a library and try to play through every game that came out on that system, on that console, on the PC, on whatever uh, you like. Um, So that is something you don't see that much. Um, Of course, the most well-known example of it is the Mexican runner who did his uh, NES challenge a few years back and has already finished it and has moved on to more uh, speedrun. Uh, content at this moment, but that's probably the best known one. Um, I think everybody has heard the name before and he is like officially, I guess, uh, the person who first beat the entire NES library. Um, of course you have to look at that, uh, with a grain of salt, entire NES library. I think it's only the U S release titles in that case um so maybe he has done pal as well i i i'm not really 100 sure on that i think it's it's mostly the the u.s released games um but there's also like the japanese exclusives that are maybe unplayable if you don't know japanese or, or if there is no translation for them things like that so um so a complete challenge You have to take it with a little grain of salt, of course. Um, But yeah, that that is specifically for NES. Uh, In that example, I'm doing one specifically tied to Game Boy. Um, There's people who play Genesis, PlayStation 1, Xbox whatever system you can think of there will be a challenger for it as well but there is also uh, there are also some people that do it a little bit different Um, some people just pick a genre for example so people are just playing through all rpgs that ever got made so that crosses uh, many systems or that go through all adventure games like uh, Hippolito Picardo is doing. Uh, He's playing all adventure games and I know what you're thinking but what is considered an adventure game? You'll have to ask him that, it's his list. (laughs) He made it uh, because adventure is of course a very broad term. but yeah, there are people that go specifically towards like a genre, for example. Um, and then there's also a third group, um, and I'm taking Bangera as an example here. He is doing a backlog challenge, which basically means he's playing through every game he owns. Um, so that's also uh, crossing many, many systems. So, but that, that's pretty much what a system challenge is. Like you either a library or a genre or your backlog and you just try to play through every game uh, that is on there. Of course, you can uh, make up your own challenge. Uh, you don't, of course, have to do any of these. You can even make it a little smaller if you really want to like just play all platforming games on one system or something like that the challenge itself is really what you want it to be um, maybe it's just a challenge for playing through all games in a series, for example. Um, like whatever you want to do can be a challenge, but the most well-known challengers are the ones who are doing a specific library for a specific console or system. Uh, so, so yeah, that is that is actually what that is. Um why did I start doing that? I think I've talked about that already in the episode where I just talked about myself basically, but um, yeah, I've always had Gameboy was the first thing I ever had. So I had a lot of Gameboy games and I played through a lot of them and um, I first started as a speedrunner for Mega Man games, but after a while I really started to see that, That was not really anything for me Um, I like watching speedruns I like um, putting on races for speedruns and things like that I like commentating for speedruns but the actual speedrunning itself is not really my thing anymore so yeah after I stopped doing that I was looking for another thing to do on stream so what I did was I started playing some Game Boy games that I had when I was a kid. And I knew these games very, very well. Uh, So I got through them very fast. And then I started playing some games that maybe I have borrowed or I have rented or something like that, just to play through them again, because I really loved them. And it was a while since I had played them. Um, But um, yeah, I, I just started doing that. And like within uh i would say a month or three four i had finished all of those games uh, that i wanted to replay again so then somebody just said to me like why will you not try just playing the games you don't know on the system um so i started diving into some newer games well for me newer games of course they're all old games um and yeah after i've done like 20, 25 of those, I was just like, you know what? Why not try and beat just all of them? Why not? Let's just do this. Um, Of course, I had to look around to find a good list uh, for all the games because back then, at least, uh, the info wasn't that widely available as we are trying to make it right now. We're still not done, but we're trying to make it. Uh, that's that's all thanks to legs actually who wanted to start building that database. Um, so now we have a better view of what this actual list uh, holds but back then if you looked for it you could see it was like the 1100 games or something like that in total so that was like the starting uh, number that I had uh, but then I had to see, um, like, oh, these Japanese games I totally cannot ever play uh, unless I learn Japanese. So I cut those off the list. They're, they're still available on the list, but as non-played games. Um, then I had to see which ones have translations. Can I patch these games? Uh, can I play these? Yeah, okay, here we go. Oh, these unlicensed games are also part of that complete quote-unquote list that is available on the internet. What do I do with those? Oh, there are collections uh, available. Do I include those or don't I? Um, I'm still looking into some of those, by the way, because some have one game that is not available elsewhere. So it's really hard to come up with a list, uh, especially for Game Boy. uh, Not so much for other systems, but especially for Game Boy. Um, So yeah, it took a while to definitely... uh, go through that but right now i'm probably gonna have around 750 games in the end that i have played Uh, but yeah that's basically the reason why i started in the first place i was just playing them and then i was like yo i'm enjoying this let's just keep on doing this and uh, play some games that i didn't know um what came with that of course as well is the tiny 10 that's something that stemmed from playing through those games and just wanting to have a speedrun marathon uh, with Game Boy games. That the first one was basically all the popular games and then it uh, came very apparent that I had to go look for games that uh, nobody knew or that were lesser known. Um, and what better way to find out about those games than to do a system challenge, basically. Um, so that's, that's the second thing that came out of it. And then the third thing that came out of it was this, Um, The podcast, like, after a while, uh, yeah, me and EBC and and other people who were kind of doing the Game Boy System challenges, uh, we all saw that, like, wow, there's actually very interesting games out there that just nobody knows. Um, And um, just playing those games on Twitch um for the first time blind and people uh l- looking like it's it's a complete different vibe than just sitting down and doing research about the game and then talking about them because when you're playing it blind live uh with an audience watching you live um It's a very different dynamic and I wanted to give those games that I really loved or that are very interesting, I wanted to give them like uh, another... ...chance to get in a spotlight which with some research tied to it and with some interesting facts tied to it. And not just a gameplay uh, with me raging because I can't beat <laughs> an enemy or something like that. I just wanted to sit down and actually look at the game, uh, how it got made, uh, who was responsible for it and things like that. And, and that's where the podcast came from. So it all basically came from uh, me starting the system challenge. So, yeah, that was definitely the starting point of that. Um, And after a while, it also became very apparent that, at least for Game Boy, and definitely also for other systems, um, there is a lot of non-information about games. Uh, Maybe you can look up the title and that's it. Um, But there is absolutely no gameplay footage available No walkthroughs available. And with walkthrough, I don't immediately mean the entire solution of the game. But just somebody summing up uh, the controls or anything like that. There aren't any manuals available to help you play the game. Like... and the example i always give is Swamp Thing, which i had to figure out completely on my own with some of the weirdest controls that uh, that ever existed on gameboy um so then it didn't it wasn't that much of a challenge for me anymore to just finish it it also became a thing about having information out there about uh, about some of the games and i know that a lot of other challenges think the same way as I do. Um, I'm gonna take Sharpie, for example, with his, uh, now it's its Sega Crusade vol- Volume 2 with uh, Saturn. But when he was doing his Genesis uh, and Master System Challenge, uh, there were just a lot of games that you could not find information about. Like, nothing, absolutely nothing. No videos available, no uh, documents available, nothing. And it's really fun. If you come across a game like that and you can figure everything out about it and then inspire other people to also play that game or that have played it and couldn't get far, but then you help them out by just doing your challenge. And, and that's a very fun thing to do. Uh, again. That's my opinion. It might not be the same for other Challenger, but I think that's a uh, very cool thing that comes out of it. And this is something I'll get back to later as well when it comes to beating games, but that will be in the second part of this episode. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go back to what I know. So for Game Boy, um, a lot of games, when you look up uh, gameplay footage of them on YouTube... What you will find are the long plays, and um, I have a big problem with these long plays. Um, I think they're good for archiving purposes, for sure, but they're also not done by actual people. Um, Most of them, at least, are definitely done by a computer. So it's just a, a tool assisted run basically. And I feel like that doesn't really show you, um, how it is to actually play a game. Um, I'm going to take one silly example now, cause I just came across it. Side pocket, if you would look it up on YouTube and I don't think I've uploaded my videos yet. If you look that up on YouTube, you will immediately find a long play, which is 15 minutes. Uh, of perfect shots basically uh, yeah of perfect shots so you get through that game in 15 minutes but that is probably not even possible uh, unless you take thousand hours to practice that game um, and for me when I look at those videos it is helpful for things when you get stuck on things or, or something like that, that you really can't figure out. It is nice that you can actually look up some footage, clean footage um, of a computer playing the game for you, basically. Um, but I feel like it, it loses a lot of... Uh, yeah, how do you say it? Like... Mm, I can't come up with a word right now. Um... Like, it, it doesn't feel real when you look at that footage. You can definitely immediately spot, like, this is not how a normal person would play this game at all. And I think uh, for us doing system challenges, uh, making people able to see how it is to actually play through a game and to experience it with them, um, is a great plus not only for having footage out there, but also just for for being genuine. Uh Actually, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely dependent on the skill of the person playing the video game. And that's also dependent on uh, the genres, of course. Like, I'm really good at platformers and RPGs, maybe. But somebody else is very good at sports games and puzzle games, which I am not. Um, so it's nice just to see how it is while it's being played. And I think that's also a very big part uh for challengers to actually do the thing they are doing um so yeah um games nobody has ever heard of games that nobody has ever beaten it's so much fun to finally get to be able to beat a game where you can see that nobody has has ever done it before you um not only because they just don't know the game but also just because it's so hard or or so um so hard to understand to get through the game that nobody has ever done it before Um, and that's another big part of what makes these challenges fun to do Um, it's it's such a pleasure to just beat a game and knowing that you are the quote-unquote first one uh, out there that actually did it there's probably always somebody else who also did it, but there's no footage of it or something like that. Um, But it gives you a very good feeling when you actually do that. But yes, I've been talking about the good parts, actually, that come from uh, a challenge like this. Um, But there's, of course, also uh, some bad parts tied to it. And this is definitely something that's probably also very personal, um, but I think it's also something that every challenger must face. And the biggest thing about it is not every game is good, for sure, um, but you can get around that. Um, It's not because it's not good that you can't enjoy it. Um, or maybe it's just hard and you have a lot of trouble beating it, but okay, that, that's, that's a problem for you personally most of the time. Um, shit, what did I say? Oh, I lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah, but there's also games you absolutely do not want to play um and that's something that people tend to forget when they start doing a system challenge everybody has their own set of skills when it comes to video games and genres they prefer Um, like i said before i'm good at at, uh, just platforming games or i'm good at rpgs and things like that but i'm absolutely terrible at puzzle games Something I did not know before I started the challenge, sadly, uh, because I didn't look into it well enough. Uh, But Game Boy has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of puzzle games. Um, The good thing is, though, a lot of these puzzle games are actually good. And then it's just another uh, thing where it's just about skill level. I'm not good at them, but I will get through them eventually. Um, but there's always a genre that you absolutely do not want to play, and for me that would be sports games. Um, but sports games are a big part of every library, um, so you always have to keep that in mind. That uh, yeah, there are gonna be a lot. Uh, don't don't forget that there are gonna be a lot of games. That when you start playing them after an hour or two you will absolutely absolutely hate everything about it and you would want to stop and never play a single game again and just stop the challenge uh, completely because of that one game you come across and there will be many there will be many um, one thing I want to warn everybody about If you're ever thinking of doing one of these system challenges, please do not start just playing through all the games you know, all the games you like, because in the end you will be left with a lot of things you don't want to play and it makes it a lot easier to just give up on it completely uh, if you keep having To play games you absolutely don't like. So be very very wary of that. And we all have those games. Uh, For me. (laughs) And I still haven't finished this game. It's Adventures of Lolo. I absolutely hate that game. And I will have to go back to it and play it. I have been uh, postponing it. But I will have to go back and play it for sure. Um, There's one that is very notorious out there right now. On Genesis. Virtual Pinball absolutely a horrible horrible game that nobody wants to play but they will have to do it um and there's plenty plenty more out there for sure and most of them are gonna fall into the sports category unless you really really like sports games and it's not a problem probably for you to get through them but yeah that's something to be aware of like this is not uh all sunshine and, and and rainbows and like nice hummingbirds and things like that. No, a system challenge is very rough, because you will run into things that you absolutely don't want to do and will absolutely hate. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely the biggest uh, bad part that All comes right. with a challenge. And another thing really that I mentioned is games where there's the no information about it and you have to figure out everything yourself. The episode, I guess, uh, it's, well, a not huge the problem. Part, but the um, first part, for so, sure. Because um, it takes a lot of time and I dedication for you to figure out what to do. Think it it's and most of the times it's really not 40 worth. Seconds oh, where I start talking um, about, uh, but. Keep in mind want that to pick up their own if you figure it um, out and to you have video things proof of, of it, for or sure. you write something Anything about just, it, uh, at least the in the future when somebody else um, will if try I and pick up that game, they will have something to to, well not forward to, in. to look. You can do uh, that, uh, I guess. That can help them out, and that makes it to make it easier. would just say, just. Making sure that the other entire team, can. Game, yes? maybe enjoy a game uh, or maybe get through a bad game, uh, because uh, you help know. them do it. So yeah, with all the you bad comes to, good, yes, and I with do, all, all the good comes uh, bad when it comes to <clears> system <throat> but yeah, challenges uh, for sure. Right, and uh, but, worry, yeah, it's that part for mostly sure. a lot of fun, but right. also a lot of heartache and dedication. Um, so maybe all the stock of system challenges has made you think that you want to do one of these yourself. So I want to talk a little bit about things to keep in mind before starting those, or even things to keep in mind while doing them. So, uh, the most important part in my opinion, at least is that this challenge is for you personally. Um, it's a challenge you want to do. Um, and it's not something that, uh, that the audience is doing for you. So the people who will be watching you are definitely there to support you. Or sadly, sometimes, go against you um, that's all, always a part of streaming of course some people might not understand why you're doing this but uh, in the end it's not their challenge they can't decide for you what you want to do or how you should be doing things so before you set up your challenge Make sure you pick something that you are uh, either really interested in, like for me it would be the Game Boy games and everything that comes with it, Um, and also try to make sure, and this is hard to say at the start of course, but try to make sure that you definitely will sit all the way through it. Um, that's a very important part for sure because you're you're gonna pick something up that you're not very confident about from the start. It will make things a lot more difficult for you to keep on uh, pushing through. So yeah, definitely go with something that you are mostly sure of that you will sit through. Um, If an entire system library at the start just feels too daunting, because it's a high number of games, uh, definitely keep that in mind. Um, if If it feels a little bit too daunting, just maybe start with a smaller segment, a challenge or something like that. Just something to keep to uh, make yourself familiar with what doing a challenge is before just jumping into the pool uh, without any any floating devices and, and and drown yourself in all the content that you have to kind of get through. Um, it's definitely nice to just pick something small up to see if you like what it is doing a challenge and... Uh, move on from there. You can always expand your uh, challenge. Um, Cutting it short, like 10% in or something, is is not that much fun. And people watching you will also be like, oh, he or she is giving up already. Um, That's that's not good. That's not a good way to start things like this. So, um, yeah, I would definitely see if you can maybe start small and then move on from there. Um, a few things to, that I want to suggest while you're doing the challenge, um, I, at least I do this Um, but when there's like a game that is giving me a lot of trouble or that I know is gonna take like forever to get through for me that's mostly puzzle games of course Um, I would suggest not playing those games um, at moments where you are not feeling well physically or mentally and uh, what I mean with that is like maybe you haven't slept very well or um, you are working through some stuff on the side that has nothing to do with the challenge and your mind is not totally set on playing through a game like that that will give you a lot of trouble i would definitely suggest just don't do it at that point um i have experienced that when i do something like that uh, i usually tend to get really mad um, while while streaming which is definitely not fun for yourself because you're just making something harder on yourself uh, where it's better to just take a step back and and come back to it uh, with your uh, mind in the right place Um, and it's also not very fun for anybody viewing i mean some people thrive on uh, the on seeing people suffer for sure and that's a big part of challenges that a lot of people will just come in to see you suffer um but there's a big difference between getting annoyed at the game um which is something i always do That's just how i play games i get annoyed at them and and then i start (laughs) start cursing at the game but like it's all in uh it's all in how do you say that uh Help me out here. Nobody's here, so nobody's gonna help me out here. It's all in good spirits, that's basically what I'm trying to say. That's just how I play games that has nothing to do with uh, with me being actually mad. But there have been times that I got, like, extremely upset, and then uh, I really start screaming and things like that, and... Um... When I stopped the stream afterwards, I'm like, oh no, why did I do that? If I would have just taken some time off from the game or something, uh, it would have been easier to get through the game for sure. And it would have been a lot more fun to watch as well. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's not bad taking a break. Um, and this is something that is Dependent from person to person, of course, I know a lot of people who will just uh, push through no matter what but uh... I feel like that is not very healthy in the long run and it's better to just take a break. And you shouldn't be afraid of taking a break either and um, you can do that in two ways. Um, I sometimes had enough of Gameboy games for a while especially because I also <laughs> do the podcast and I do the Tiny 10 and, and I'm very involved with the Gameboy community uh, in its whole. So sometimes I just need a break from Game Boy in general and then I just play something else um i mean that doesn't matter just make sure that your audience knows that you're taking a break from whatever you're doing um i just mix it up with some casual gaming or something but i do want to keep streaming most of the time so i do that uh do that on twitch as well um and otherwise i'll just take a day off or something and, and do something on the side while not streaming but taking a break is definitely not a Bad thing. Um, it, it just helps you mentally get through the challenges for sure. Um, or you can just, uh, instead of, like, stopping the challenge for a bit, you can just switch to a game that you know you're gonna like yourself. Just pick something off the list that you're like, oh, this will uh, clear my head of the thing I'm doing right now if it's a tough game. Um, and then you can go back to it. Like, th- there's no problem uh, doing that. And the biggest... Uh, example I can give right now is Picross 2 that game is gonna take 200 hours and I'm sorry but I do not want to spend what two three months just playing Picross and nothing but Picross so I do it in parts I do like one world and then I just move on to a few other games and then I get back to it Um, I I think that's a very healthy thing to do Um, but it like I said, it depends on, uh, on what kind of person you are, of course. Sometimes you just want to get through that game. Um, but it's definitely something you can do. And you shouldn't feel bad uh, about it when you need to do that, at least. So, um, that's, that's definitely something to, uh, to keep in mind. Um, and, well, another thing, and that is also very personally. Um, when you're doing the challenge don't lie to yourself by cutting corners trying to beat games um and that is something that i did at the start kind of um like At the start, I was like, oh, the numbers are all that matters. Like, I have to get through all of these as quickly as possible so that I keep beating games, yada, 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 and making progress. Um, During the course of the challenge, though, that changed a lot, where now I really, really just sit down and take my time with every game. Even the ones I don't like, I really sit down and and just take the time to figure everything out and do it very, quote-unquote, casually, actually trying to beat those games Um, and it's just a lot better to do that and if you can force yourself i guess to do that from the start um, it will be a much more fun experience throughout Um, because if you are only thinking about the numbers um, you're you're gonna do things yet you shouldn't be doing um like it's hard to explain how that works but um there are many different methods of just making a lot of progress without actually challenging yourself and that is part of the game it's called a challenge for something it's a learning experience and um, i think you should uh, definitely start doing that from the start like just enjoy what you're doing even if it is a bad game um, and just take your time with it. It doesn't matter how fast you beat it. As long as you beat it in the end. That is all that matters. Because then you have overcome the challenge of the game. And uh, that's what it's all about. Um, and going from that. One of the biggest things. is, And this is something that differs between every challenger. For sure. Um, but I'm going to say my take on it. And you can... Take it as you want to. If you want to do it a completely different way, that's all fine. Um, But a lot of people ask, um, yeah, what do we do with like hints or tips from uh, from the audience or like using walkthroughs or other videos or things like that? And that is, yeah, that is very person dependent, of course. Um, Some people really want to do everything without Ever getting a hint or tip or using a walkthrough. Um, or even looking up the manual. Which I strongly suggest you do if there's a manual available. Because um, <clears throat> some games really are just a mess. If, if you don't know what uh, what you need to do. Um, but my take on, on this is that... Um, Like, when I start a game, I also do not want any hints or tips or whatever. I'm trying my best to get through a game completely on my own. Um, But if I do seem to get stuck on something for a long period of time, and again, I guess I'll take the example of puzzle games in my case, um, I do ask help from... um, From the audience at first, I ask, do you guys have any idea to like, push me a little bit forward so I can figure it out yourself? Or if that even doesn't work, uh, I really suggest that my audience just helps me out completely. Um, if I can't figure it out myself and the reasoning for me behind that is that again this is a learning experience and there is only so much you can learn on your own Um, it is okay to ask for help sometimes if you're stuck at something Um, and I get why some people don't do it because they feel like it is cheating Uh, but I think that's more of Because of some people in the past that have been playing through games with a walkthrough right next to them. Um, And that is something totally different. If somebody is telling you from the start to the finish what you need to do and what button you need to press. That is like... Then you're not challenging yourself anymore. Then you're just uh, following the lead of another person. But if you are really stuck, it's okay to just uh, ask some help. And um, yeah, some people would argue that... Back in the days when games got released, at least when it comes to retro games, we didn't have help either. Like, we didn't have the internet or video evidence or things like that to get through the games and we had to figure it out yourself. And I do agree with that, but um, what we did do was ask our friends if they played the game uh what they were doing if we got stuck uh so to help us out or just ask a friend over to come and help us get through a game or something like that and there were even magazines that provided tips and tricks like you didn't need to buy them uh you could just not do that at all but um I think a lot of us back in those days were super, super happy that when a magazine came out with a tip or a trick for some game we were struggling with, um, that it actually helped us get through it. So yeah, you have to decide on your own, of course, how you're gonna do this, uh, how you're gonna handle hints, tips, and and reading walkthroughs and things like that. But uh, yeah, there's my opinion on it, like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I think with uh, the Challengers team that we have right now, we can help each other out a lot more when people seem to get stuck on something or if they need help to figure something out. So, uh, in the background, that is always going on. Um, uh, Don't be one of those people that just opens up a walkthrough or (laughs) runs a video right next to their game screen and... uh, Play plays through the game like that because it's very obvious when somebody does that. Uh, you can see that they're not struggling at all with it. Um, but yeah, also don't be afraid to uh, to just look for some help whenever you need it. Um, if in the end ninety nine percent of the game you figured out yourself and that one percent you had to look up, um, don't be don't be ashamed of that. Like I, I really feel like you will learn something from it that you could use later on. And I'll bring up the puzzle games again. Sometimes you get stuck on something in a puzzle game because you can't figure out a certain mechanic that will help you out uh, but once you look that up and understand what you have to do it's something that you can keep using throughout the rest of the game or even on other games because like puzzle games usually have some kind of mechanic that works for everything um, so if, if that can help you Teach yourself something that helps you out in the long run for a bunch of other games or the same game. um, I think it's perfectly fine to do that. But again, that is my opinion. If you feel like you shouldn't do that at all, then don't. Like, again, I'll come back to my previous point. Just don't lie to yourself. Um, Be honest about what you're doing. Uh, Be honest about it. Uh, to your audience as well, make sure you have written it down somewhere. Like what exactly is that you are doing throughout your challenge? And then nobody will have a problem with that in the end. And if they do have a problem with that, that is, uh, well, their problem. It's not your problem. Again, it is a challenge for you, not for the people who are watching you. So yeah, that's my take on everything to keep in mind when starting one of these challenge or wanting to start one of these challenges anyways let's take a short break with some great gameboy music and after that i have a few other things that i can mention before we wrap this episode up be right back <laughs> All right, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that song from International Superstar Soccer. Um, Yeah, it's a Konami game, so it does have some great music, actually. Uh, So hope you enjoyed that song. Um, You can only hear it during the menus because during the matches, there is no music at all. Anyways, um, a few other things I can uh, mention about uh, these system challenges. First off, there actually is a Challengers Twitch team now which i'm a part of and it was made by sharpie who i mentioned before who just finished his sega crusade volume one which was genesis and uh, master system basically and cd yeah cd and 32x and whatever anything that works on a genesis (laughs) there you go and he's now doing a uh saturn challenge so he's still going but there there's a lot of people in there um there's me, obviously, doing uh, the Game Boy System challenge. There is uh, Hipolito Picardo, who I mentioned before, doing the Adventure challenge. Um, but there are people for every system you can basically think of in that team. And also some like more random challenges, uh, like a rental challenge, for example, or a mini console challenge. There's somebody for you in that challenger team that you definitely want to check out and preferably all of them but that's going to be hard to keep up with for sure but yeah if you're interested in watching a specific system or things like that just look up the twitch team or just uh use the link in in any of our twitch pages that get you to the challengers uh team page on twitch and there's Usually always somebody streaming, because we're all from different time zones. Um, So usually when I look at the list, there's always somebody online that you can check out. So um, if you're interested to just see a challenge or find out more about these challenges, um, I would definitely recommend you just... Going to check out any of these people and see what they're all about. There's even challengers for specific languages. Uh, I know Retro Nimrods does uh, Spanish, I believe. Um, we have Almasta, who is mostly talking English, but is French. Uh, so we can talk French. And you have Granen Hero, uh, who's been on the, on the podcast before, of course, uh, who talks yeah. Swedish basically 90 percent of the time so there, there's definitely somebody out there for everybody looking for it but yeah with the challenger team um like we have a di- private discord of course uh for our own and we are actually doing a lot of work in the background as well for not only finding new people who already started their uh, challenges because you can't know everybody, of course. But we're also, at the moment... And Bengera started this, I believe. Um, are making a document with the win conditions for every game on set system. Um, this is a long, 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 long progress, of course. Because there just are a lot of games that we have to consider. Um, but it's nice to see that there's a bunch of people... Uh, In the background actually making a list like this um, so we can compare notes for when it comes to beating games and making sure that the actual ending of the game gets reached or if there is no ending. at least uh put that in the list so if if newer people come along and they're like hey how do i beat this game we can actually provide them with that information um and i'm gonna take one example uh no i'm gonna do two examples actually when it comes to these uh, winning conditions that that i came across now um first off is lemmings um and this is specifically about uh, the gameboy nes version because it's Kind of the same uh, same game. There's a few differences, but not that many. Uh, but when it comes to Lemmings, when I started it, I asked uh, Hero what his condition was for beating the game. And he said, I've done um, fun mode and mayhem mode, which is basically easy difficulty and very hard difficulty. Um, each have 25 stages. I've done those and then I've stopped. I was like, oh, but why did you do that, actually? And he was like, all the stages are the same between every difficulty, but they are more difficult puzzles on that same stage. Um, which at the moment when I heard it sounded uh, plausible. Like it, it made sense that. You would just do the hardest puzzles and then be done with it. When it like it made sense at the time, and um, and I asked him why did he chose that, and he was said the Mexican runner during his NES challenge actually did that for the NES version. He only played the uh, fun levels, which is basically practice teaching you the mechanics, and then he did the hard levels. Uh, So, yeah, that made sense. And then I started playing it. um, And I kept thinking about that. And I was looking things up. And I was like, but these levels are really not the same. Like, sometimes you have a repeat of scenery. But all the puzzles are different. Like, you always have to do something completely different in each stage. Um, So, that didn't make much sense to me to just do the first 25 and the last 25 so what i did i played through the entire game um and yes it it's 100 different puzzles so in my opinion and the opinion of the the other challengers at this point um yeah you do have to do every stage because they're all different stages yes you can pick the hardest difficulty from the start and you only get credits after you've uh, beaten the stage, the last stage of the highest difficulty, but just doing fun and mayhem and not the rest basically skips half the game, um, or more than half the game, depending on which version you're playing. Um, and so th- this is not a... <laughs> like, I understand where the Mexican runner came from, and this is definitely not... Uh, uh, throwing him into the fire saying he didn't beat the game or anything like that. But I think at that time he didn't think about it enough and he made a mistake there. So technically he didn't really beat the game in that regard. But I can see he got the credits uh, for him. That was uh, that was fine. And I don't want him to come back to it and replay it. Uh, I hate lemmings as well. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, th- those are things we have to really look at when it comes to putting together these lists of winning conditions. Uh, because that is very, very important uh, to figure out so that uh, when somebody in the future does the same game, they actually know what they're in for and what they need to do. Um, another problem with these winning conditions is sometimes it's not very clear and more a personal take on it. Um, and, uh, like, definitely when it comes to sports games, it's always difficult to tell, especially if there's no, like, tournament mode or anything like that. Usually you also don't get credits when you finish that game, you just get, like, an image, if even. Um, so those are very hard to figure out for sure, and I think a lot of people will have to figure them out for their own what their winning condition for the game will be. Um, but we are trying to, to put together something... Very comprehensive, uh, that warns about everything. Maybe there's even modes that give you different, well, different modes that give you the same credits, things like that. So that that's something to look out for. Um, another example from my library that I just did: Bust a Move 3D X. You can play four different modes, but they all give the same credits basically. So what is the winning condition? But It's nice that we're putting together a list to inform people about that at all. Um, And then there's also some games we have no idea if there even is an ending or not. um, Or what a winning condition would be. Uh, Pinball games come to mind. On Game Boy, there are no credits for reaching the max score. uh, But there are a lot on Genesis or on TurboGrafx where reaching the max score actually does give you an ending. So something to look out for. Most of these pinball games, nobody has ever tried to reach the max high score. That is definitely a problem for sure. Uh, But yeah, for the Game Boy ones, I'm pretty sure uh, I did my research for those, but I haven't done it myself either. Uh, I haven't really tried reaching the high scores, but um, yeah, it's, it's definitely nice to have a group of people who can look into that so that we actually uh make sure we reach the end of the game uh, with that also comes that sometimes people find new information and then you just have to revisit a game or you don't like again it's it's your own choice but I do that if I find out that there's something more to a game I do revisit it after a while uh, I have a few lined up actually that I would like to redo so uh, I can reach the quote unquote ending of them. Um, and uh, yeah, and then there is uh, another example from the Game Boy Library, World Bowling, where nobody has physically ever been able to beat the game. Um, and what can I say more about that is that we asked a Tasser to look into it and even he can't test the game to the end. Um, so, that game, we have actually no idea what the winning condition would be. Even if there is a winning condition, if there is an ending, we have absolutely no idea. If anybody wants to figure that out listening to this episode, please do. Um, but yeah, there's no information available at all. We, The only thing we know is there are six different countries you have to get through. The physics are different on each track and apparently in each frame, uh, things work differently. Even if you do the exact same thing, nobody's ever been able to beat the six guy. Um, I'm sure there probably is an ending screen after that, but, um, yeah, so far we haven't been able to figure it out. So yeah, those are things to keep in mind and then we can uh, update the lists and make sure people have a list to go on from, uh, from when they want to start a certain challenge so yeah that's something we're doing in the background again it will take a lot a lot a lot of hard work and dedication to get through that Uh, but yeah if you're doing a challenge and you have any or want to start a challenge and you have any questions feel free to uh, contact any of us we can definitely help you out with whatever you want All right, that's all from me. Let's see. I I did have some questions for uh, this episode, so uh, let's dive into those before another quick break and then the outro. So uh, Ariel asks why. I think I've explained that uh, in bits and pieces, at least for me personally, uh, why I'm doing this. Um, But yeah, like, I haven't studied... uh, psychology or or anything like that uh but it's 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 just human to do something like this it's the same as collecting um it's just a very basic instinct we have as a human to like challenge ourselves to do something and why not do it with these video games in this case so um yeah i think i've I've covered most of it it's a personal question for each and every one of us um but I explained my point of view on it for sure. So, um, our lovely producer Alex asks, "Do you know who the first uh, person was to do?" Yeah, I can talk. Uh, do we know who did the first Game Boy challenge? That's the actual question. Um, as far as I know, I think that was Zenic Reverie, but maybe not. Um, but I think it was Zenic Reverie. Who started? He has long stopped doing it, uh, but he played through a lot of puzzle games. Good for me, because sometimes I can look up his stuff and see what he's doing. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't uh, hasn't been doing that for quite a while. But I think he was the first one. Um, I picked it up when he was on around. His one hundred game, I believe. I did not even know he existed. It's not like I was inspired by him or anything, but uh, I did find out he was doing it, and then there was John Carl's, um, e bloody candy, of course, my uh, my co-host. Uh, was there Chan Cool, maybe who did one? I don't. Re- there was somebody else who was doing one, uh, and now there's also oh, man. It's hard to keep track of all these names, but there there's definitely a list out there of people who are actively doing it as well. Um, but yeah, I think Senic Reverie was the first one who tried it at least. Um, here's a question from my co-host, but I'm gonna take a sip of my iced tea first. <clears throat> so yeah, here's a EBC's question. Well, it's it's. Three, four questions? Yeah, something like that. Um, is there a sense of prestige when doing a console challenge? Um, I guess I'll tackle all of these by one. Uh, for me, there's not at least personally, but again, I think it is very personally. Um, I think you definitely look up to people who have uh, done more than you or have f- finished the challenge, but I it's not like any of the people I know, at least in the challenger community, that they're like, Ooh, look at me. Uh, I uh, finished the challenge. Uh, you guys are all plebs. So I don't think there's there's something like that going on at all. Um, if I finish the challenge, I wouldn't... Like, I'm gonna feel accomplished for having done it. But I also know there's still more out there to do, probably. Like, I feel like it's never really finished, especially not now there's a lot of new Game Boy games coming out and things like that. Like, But when I've reached that number that I've set out it to be the end, I think I will be relieved for sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any prestige, at least not for me at all. Um I don't feel better because I've beaten a game that nobody has beaten before. I'm just glad I have beaten it and that I now have the information available uh for other people who want to try to do the same thing. Um well, yeah. But that that's like more my character, like yeah, I think it's more depending on character of people. Um <clears throat> So the, the the next part of his question is... How do you compare someone that does a bunch of speedruns... Like Otter Blues, uh, Toad, etc. Versus someone doing them casually? Um, it's I, I feel that's like a very different approach to games for sure. Um, I know like, Otter Blues at least plays through everything casually... Before he does speedruns. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just a very different kind of content that both parties are providing Um, like speedruns are more more skill challenges I would say like honing your skills in a certain game or 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 multiple games and like making the game work for you instead the other way around um, versus doing them casually it's more of like the experience with the game like what makes the game good what could have been better things like that I, I, I think for, for casual gaming that's a lot more important because like for speedruns the game can be good or bad But as long as you can, like I said, make the game work for you, it creates interesting content or an interesting challenge for yourself. And casual, it's more of a thing like, yeah, can I... Yeah, can I find out what they wanted to do with this game, can I overcome what they have programmed here? I don't know. It's 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 a very different uh, difficult question really. Um but I think both provide very interesting information for the other. Um speedruns can definitely help you figure out things you can use for your casual playthroughs, but sometimes because and that's weird to say because speedrunners also dive very deep into the games. But sometimes when playing something casually and not worrying about the time makes you find out something that could be useful for a speedrun. Um, the example I can give for that is when I play through Prehistoric Man. Um, the speedrun was available, uh, it was a really good speedrun, but I was just playing through it casually and just pressing buttons here and there and seeing what the game was about, and then I suddenly found a warp um, that wasn't used at all in the speedrun, so I provided that information for the speedrun community, um, and now there's a Taz that even found another uh, warp in a stage before, so I, I think both parties work very well together at least um in in yeah in providing information about the game so yeah both definitely have their merits um and i think both are interesting uh i just don't like the actual act of speedrunning that much anymore but that doesn't mean i i dislike speedruns or anything so um <clears throat> And then the final part, do you think there is a certain pedestal within the console's community when a person is working on a other or has... I think I've... Yeah, I think I've uh, touched upon that. Like, you definitely look up to people who have done more games or who have beaten a game you couldn't beat before, but we are all there to help each other, uh, to get through the games and not, like... uh be like yeah i oh, i've beat it and uh you'll just have to beat it on your own i'm sure there are people like that out there absolutely absolutely uh <laughs> but uh yeah so far at least in in the challengers team I, I haven't run across anything like that we're all there for each other so
1: yeah
0: um okay we have some more questions from Lex. Um, As to people going through console challenges, what is your motivation for it? Yeah, I've told mine, really, so uh, I won't get into that. Um, Yeah, is there a personal goal, like uh, video preservation of gameplay or boring evenings you wanted to fill? Because that was Lex's uh, um, motivation. She does one herself, but she only plays the game she actually has on Game Boy. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, definitely talked about this, but, uh, like EBC has, uh, replied to that. So I'll get through that real quick. Um, so his motivation, uh, the U S library doesn't motivate him at all. Um, the Japanese library excites him way more, and that's why I started, to include those in his list of games yeah like when uh when ebc started he was only doing uh us releases um but now he's doing all of them like me um so yeah going back to to be talking as ebc uh i find a lot of the japanese exclusives to have more interesting mechanics or just overall better sprites animations. so yeah there's a lot of uh cool japanese games that just nobody knows and that's why I included those in the first place on my list as well, because uh, they're really cool, and I found a lot of great games that way. Um, so EBC's personal goal. I have a hard number of games I like to meet, but really I just want to experience as many games as possible, beaten or not. Yeah, um, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I'd want to beat them, of course, but yeah, it's it's all about finding out uh, more about games. Um, So then about the boring evenings part, uh, EBC says, my life is pretty boring right now with COVID. Mine was never meant to be filler. Um, A majority of my audience follow and watch me for retro games. When I was contemplating doing the challenge was TMR It was when TMR, the Mexican runner, uh, was like 66% through Nesmania. Oh yeah, it's called Nesmania, I forgot. Uh, Someone else was doing an NES challenge. I saw John doing a Game Boy challenge, etc. I didn't know uh, Mula all too well in 2016. um, So I had no idea he was doing a Game Boy challenge. And I didn't know and Hero uh, until 2018. Yeah, and Hero does like Game Boy NES challenge. It's segmented in like some lists, uh, so. Um, I was introduced to Hero by either Mula or John Carls when they DM'd his ch- channel. Uh, Game Boy is something that I have a lot of memories with because of moving around a lot, because I was in a military family and road trips, so that's how I landed on Game Boy. Since then, I've expanded my Game Boy library to the EU and Japanese, um, and I've incorporated other consoles, uh, which now all live on the Retro Digest or the Retro Road. It's a working title. So yeah, he's doing. He started with just Game Boy, but he's doing more now. I think soon he will do his Virtual Boy uh, challenge. Actually, so yeah, definitely look out for that. But yeah, like that's uh, that's his motivation and things like that. Like I know from Sharpie that his motivation was he wanted to do a challenge. But everybody was doing Super Nintendo or Nintendo. Um, and he was like, you know, um, I actually don't know a lot about Sega. And nobody is doing Sega. And I always wanted to play more Sega when I was a kid, but didn't have the chance to. So that's why I uh, I started the Sega Crusade. I know that's what he has said uh, a multitude of times. So yeah, everybody has their own reasons for sure for doing this. Uh uh-huh. So that's uh, a little, little uh, insight into that background. All right, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I think I can wrap it up here for now. But first, let's take another very short break with some music from Side Pockets. Welcome back everybody, hope you enjoyed that side pocket background music. It's one of the tracks I believe you can select during play. Um, yeah, so that's it for this episode. So as always, you can find me on uh, on the Twitter, on the Twitch, on the YouTube, and even on the Instagram where I I just post some random things from time to time. Uh, but they are all slash mule which is m-o-e-l-l-e-u-h um you can find my co-host who will be back next week on uh, twitch se bloody candy uh youtube still know maybe he has it back i don't know maybe he does uh but yeah you can find him on uh on the twitch and the twitter as e bloody candy and you can find our amazing producer lex of course on uh YouTube as Legs, on Twitch as Sprinting Legs, and on Twitter as also Sprinting Legs, I believe. But she also has her own website, SprintingLegs.com, which you can visit. Uh, There you can find all of our other projects besides just doing this podcast, Uh, just like the Game Boy database and the manual database and things like that. Very cool, very nice. Definitely go check that out. Um, but yeah, if you want to reach out to us, you can do that through all of those channels um, we always like to hear your suggestions or your thoughts about the episodes, um, or just about us in general, uh, if you have any question or things like that, you can do that. Um, but you can also of course find us on our discord channel, um, which will be linked in the description down below for sure. Where you can come and talk to us personally And we're pretty active, so um, we usually respond very quickly. Um, me, not when I'm sleeping, of course, but uh, usually we, we tend to to respond very quickly to any questions uh, that you may have. And of course, you can find the channels there where you can ask questions about upcoming episodes. And that's where we get those questions from. Uh, but yeah, you can find that information on our website, of course, which is uh, gbrunners.com slash this, T-I-G-B. Yeah, T I G B. Um, so there you can find just links to to all of our social medias and uh, things like that and our discord uh, and of course, you can find a link to our Patreon or our PayPal. Um, so if you would like to support us um, and we use that money to pay legs, pay for our uh, SoundCloud uh, account, pay for our website to be hosted and things like that. Um, You can definitely do so through patreon which is of course a monthly subscription you can give any amount you want from one to five to a million dollars a month um i don't know maybe you're super rich like and you want to share it with us that would be super nice uh but yeah you can get uh, some benefits by doing that of course uh, through patreon so you get access to some Hidden challenge, ch- challenge. Yeah, you get you get a hidden, you have to do the challenge instead of me. That's what you get from Patreon. <laughs> no, uh, you can get some access to some hidden channels on our Discord, uh, where you can uh, catch up to some back. Around stuff that you normally wouldn't be able to access. You can also uh, access all of our episode notes uh, to read through if you really wanted to do that. Maybe there's something in there that we forgot to mention um, that you can always look up through there. Usually we have some links to like all kinds of websites uh, that. <laughs> of course about the episode not just random well so yeah uh but yeah you can find a few more things there that we maybe just don't talk about or just thoughts we have uh while, while recording this episode um And we of course want to, uh, want to provide you with the same benefits if you would support us one time only through PayPal. Uh, so if you do that, please let us know, like mention your username or something like that. Uh, when you, when you do a donation and then we can set you up in Discord with a special role or whatever else you need, like send you a link to, uh, to the to the notes or anything like that. But we do want to give you the same benefits as anybody who supports us through Patreon. Uh, Our goal on Patreon is still $20 a month. Um, $20 a month would cover our costs uh, for the websites at least. So that's definitely something we want to reach. Um, And if we hit that, we will definitely take some time to do more live recordings of these podcasts because we always do them offline of course um, but yeah then we can make a few more few more uh, live episodes not all of them but there will be more at least um, so yeah I think I've covered uh, uh, yeah just about everything of course we also have our YouTube which doesn't have a uh, which doesn't have a URL yet, custom URL yet. Uh, So definitely subscribe to that so we can get that. But you can find basically all the episodes on there with a little bit of gameplay footage in the background. Um, So uh, if you want to put that on in the background while you're working or something like that, and you want to have a little visual uh, cue on the screen as well, that would be the best way to find that out. And I should have updated it by now with all the latest episodes. So yeah, that's, uh, that's all she wrote for this episode. So thank you all for watching. Hope, uh, it was informative. Maybe I was just babbling a lot about nonsense and nobody actually cared about it. So sorry about that. But, um, yeah, if, if you like these system challenges, go check out any of the challengers out there on Twitch, uh, they always. Are very happy to see you and are people interested in the games they are playing. But yeah, that's it for me. Next time, me and Evil Body Candy will be back for Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge. Pew pew pew.
1: go by roy t bennett the light in the heart i have no freaking clue who that is but whatever